0: I'm sure you've heard of the Stop Woke Act.
1: Oh, for sure. We've from, talked about it.
0: From our notable coverage on it, right? But what about the Reverse Woke Act?
1: Oh, okay.
0: You haven't heard of it. I haven't. Jeremy. But Jeremy, I'm, Jeremy, I'm, Jeremy. I'm already
1: intrigued because I want to reverse the effects of the Woke Mind virus. Because I've been infected. I have a and, stake in this. And
0: that's exactly what this bill aims to do. Okay. Basically, the bill introduced by uh, Florida State Senator uh, Blasey... In Goglia? Oh, it sounds like a woke name. No fucking idea how to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no idea if I'm pronouncing that. Legislation even, is needed. Even near correctly. <laughs> introduce legislation that would mandate companies that cover like gender affirming care under mm-hmm. their um, like employer health plans yeah, yeah, yeah. to also cover detransitioner
1: care. Because that's a huge issue right now. <laughs> Would that not just be a part That's of- That's
0: what I <laughs> was thinking. That, But like, and what what got me with this is like, I mean, sure, I guess. Okay. Like, I guess that would make sense. Like, yeah, because there are some people that genuinely want to detransition for no like bad reasons. They don't become transphobic after. They're just like, this isn't for me. So let me detransition.
1: I mean, sure. But wouldn't, I, I'm confused. If it's gender affirming care. That would be would gender affirming be to included? detransition. Right. Would yeah. it not just be included in, in what you're doing? that's that's
0: what I, I mean obviously this is just posturing and
1: we know that for this sure, is posturing for sure. based on the fucking
0: quotes that she said. She said this quote woke businesses need to be held accountable when offering to pay for gender affirming surgeries in other states such as California because they are nothing more than political decisions masquerading as healthcare and human resource decisions. Holy shit. Yeah it's, it's, it's rough out here. She also said some other shit about how um, woke companies are like essentially forcing their uh, employees to get gender affirming care to fill diversity quotas for the governor of California. What are they talking about? I don't know. Are they just shadow boxing? Honestly, anybody can become a state senator at this point.
1: (laughs) They're letting anybody into the state house. If you come
0: to me and you say, yeah, I actually lost my state senate
1: election, I'm going to laugh at you. It's really funny to watch them try to do the detransitioner narrative because you can tell they really want to do it, Yeah, but they can't do it effectively because they have to use the same two people over and over Exactly, because there's so few (laughs) detransitioners. They don't have a choice but to use the same people. And then everybody looking at that is like, yeah, okay, whatever. The same Even person you were
0: who are willing to tell their story right to forward anti-trans narratives like right some people are just like yeah actually it wasn't for me
1: yeah there's like one i can think of one person i can't remember their name but they just pop up on fox news all the time uh, is it the dude from the what is a woman documentary i don't remember maybe i don't remember but there's so few of them because of course the regret rate is super low exactly. for these surgeries and for these treatments um but yeah i, I would assume that if you're getting within your health care package gender affirming care is a part of it that De-transition would count because that's also but affirming we're not, your gender we're not operating in like logical empirical terms here <laughs> we're in wonderland or i guess uh hell i guess hell? I, I don't know may, more accurately yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. great that,
0: so we can we can kick off the episode with that
1: nice a little bit of um <laughs> transphobia lgbtq hate at the top of the episode like you i know you all like it i, I know you love the hate actually <laughs> get us in there Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. Jeremy and Gage coming back at you. New episode, new week. Brand new. Same old us. We're not changing. That's so true. We're never changing. Even when presented with um, empirical evidence to retort our positions, we're keeping them. We don't change. When presented
0: with reality mm-hmm. clear in front of my face, I'll simply turn the other way.
1: Exactly. Well, I already have a world built in my head. Exactly. And I live in that world.
0: I've already got a world and I have a brand uh-huh. that's built upon that world that I've built in my exactly. head, right? So if I were to change, the brand would have to change. I'm all for brand identity, brand cohesion. Uh-huh. Um I love market synergy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, I love just uh, uh, buzzwords. I
1: mean, if like if you work for the State Department and you want to slide us a couple hundred thousand to push a narrative, I'm going to do it. Yeah, if you work for um, any, any three-letter <laughs> any agency. <laughs> any, corp- any private corporation. Yeah. I'm trying to make ends meet. If you work for <laughs> anyone who has money. I'm not accountable to anybody. I don't want to get a real job. I'm of- not accountable to anybody but the marketplace. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, welcome back to the episode. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. Make sure, as always... I'm gonna remind you all. Become a patron. Get access Come to early on, episodes. Do it. We've had a bunch of people join recently out of nowhere. And we're glad to see you. We're and happy it's been, you're here. Um the opposite of humbling, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 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 make yourself at home. Take off your shoes as we do. Can't track Ooh. mud and water outside. It's it's it's, it's wet outside. <laughs> it's gross. Uh so you know, make yourself at home. I'm glad you're here. If you're listening on Sunday or you know, anytime before Wednesday, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. If you're here. listening Wednesday or post Wednesday your Wednesday weenie. That's right. Uh, and something needs to change. And you can do that by becoming a You're patron. Actively getting shit on by the right. by the news cycle. And you can support the show, you know, make it easier for us to make more content that for you all. Please, it's what we want to do. It's what you want. It's a it's a mutual symbiotic relationship. For sure. And um, I would implore you all to become a patron, but also if you want to support the show, you can go to the YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Discord. It's all there in the description. Uh completely
0: for free. Completely for you. free.
1: And if you wanna support the show even more for free. You have the option to do that at Apple. Apple podcast. I still, still want to see the pod up there on New and Noteworthy We'll get Apple. there one day. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but if you want to support the show, leave a five-star review. How many five-star re- reviews to do a couple of dudes need to get on New and Noteworthy anyway? I don't know. Almost a 200. I don't know, because we got a lot. We got a lot. We got
0: a lot, <laughs> and I look at other podcasts, and I feel like the ratio listeners to to reviews is, is a lot less than what we got. That's
1: what I'm saying. That's what I'm Dedicated
0: saying. Dedicated fans.
1: We do um, have one Five star review to read today. If you want to have your five star review read right on the pod, go over to Apple Podcast, leave it, we'll read it.
0: One dedicated Apple mm-hmm.
1: user. That's right. Whose review we're gonna read off right now. This one is uh, it's from Angry Redditor sixty nine. No. Subject line based. They say, I'm not really one to leave reviews on anything, but I'll make an exception for these guys. Living in Pennsylvania and working in public health in Ohio, smooth brain political takes are common. Head in the office is a must-listen every week for me to ensure that I don't permanently lose brain cells. Thanks thanks for making current events bearable in a day and age where good news stories feel few and far between. Well, we don't got you're any good news me. stories today. <laughs> you're, you're telling me. It's going to feel even less prominent today. What can I
0: say? Next, we got one <laughs> review. Left on Instagram for all the the Spotify listeners. Uh, We got 5 out of 5 stars by H. Hbrook C. Mm -hmm. I found this podcast on TikTok two days ago, and I can't get enough. To have men around my age talking about politics that I agree with, especially since I live in Oklahoma, is a relief. I've also gotten my fiancé to start listening, and he enjoys that it's not boring, and there are many opportunities to laugh. Great work, and thank you.
1: Not boring? Laughing? Smart young men.
0: I, what can again, I say? Opposite of humbling. Oh my God. <laughs> get out there. Yo radicalize Art. your friends. Radicalize your significant others. Radicalize your fiance.
1: You know, the thing here is like uh, a lot of, um, you know, the people that start off low on the celebrity totem pole and eventually like skyrocket up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They get a lot of like fame and acclaim and they pop off. Uh, they lose a lot of their, I don't know, humility. So and you're kind of incentivizing us to do that. If I become a bad person now, who's morally no, 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 culpable?
0: No, 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 basically basically what we're saying is like they they get up, they get to stardom and they're like, "Oh my god, I I don't know what to do. Like I'm maybe they 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 grapple with it mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. wonder like, "Oh my goodness, am I a regular person or am I fucking better than you?" Or right? my god. And eventually they 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 let their their humbleness shed yeah. while they're already in celebrity. What we're saying here is um we're going to shed that before we get famous. <laughs> it's gonna be worse when we get there (laughs) exactly but it will be consistent and Uh we will have not lied to you
1: oh exactly so you'll know what to expect (laughs) exactly just expect what we do now is gonna reach even higher magnitudes and you won't be surprised because we're telling you for sure
0: i'm I'm manifesting it right now
1: yeah yeah. um just
0: all the all the money and it will change
1: me if if any of you uh you know years down the line when we're making millions of dollars and we're basically like the new Fox News. Uh, just point everyone back to episode 86 or whatever we're at right now <laughs> and say, well, they told us. They told us in the first 12 minutes of this episode that we, they knew. As I sit atop my fucking money
0: throne mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm signing my renewing my contract with Jeremy Boring at the Daily Wire, <laughs> just remember where this came from. As my class interests change, I yeah. would have to change. That's what I preach about now. Exactly. What well, structures, systems, so guys. I, if you want me to be consistent that's where this is going. Sorry, guys. Sub to the Patreon. It's
1: not our fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> what, who am I to stop the endless tide of the universe? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, Precisely. I can't stand in the way. Precisely. Is that our uh, our only Instagram review? Yeah, that's our only Instagram right. review. I hope hope All I didn't right. miss one. Well, I think it's time then uh, to get into the episode. We got a lot to talk about today. We're revisiting East Palestine, Ohio. We're going back.
0: Always and forever.
1: Uh, we also got to talk about Civil War Part Two. A little bit of Beyond parody in there at yeah. some point. Uh, We've got elections to talk about, some actual election news, which is pretty fun. That's crazy. Real election news, not like just Nikki H- Haley, but um, like real <laughs> election news that matters. Uh, but it'll be a, um, uh, a pretty well-rounded episode, and I think it's time to get into the news. Whose tagline is that, news that matters? Oh, uh, probably some stupid person. I feel like
0: it's like a Fox News thing. Maybe. And it just makes it like that news that's the news that doesn't matter
1: yeah exactly fox news doesn't matter this is the unlike news that matters. this yeah exactly no, uh we don't mean that in the copyrighted sense though <laughs> <laughs> if that is a copyrighted slogan we're just saying like somewhere. a common english phrase <laughs> You know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> exactly let's Precisely. get to the episode before we get sued uh first we got to visit east palestine ohio and i heard that it's uh pronounced palestine instead of palestine i, I guess so we're dealing with the east palestinians again <laughs> out of ohio of course <laughs> So of course, uh, this is the third week in a row we've talked about this news story. Um, I'm not going to go through all the details again. Train derailment, vinyl chloride in the air, cancer. animals dying, cancer, really bad. Norfolk Southern. You all can go back to previous episodes and listen to our recap if you want to recap the events. I would encourage it. Exactly. We we did a. Uh, I would say we did a pretty good job. It but we're back. It. We're back in uh, East Palestine, Ohio, because we're talking about optics today. Lots of um, debates online. Uh, and among prominent figures in the left and the right about the optics of this Mm -hmm. situation. And a little spoiler alert, it's all hypocrisy and incompetence all the way up and down. Let me set the stage for you all. So last week, as Joe Biden was on a visit to Ukraine offering support in the war effort against uh, the invading Russian forces, Donald Trump was making a campaign visit in East Palestine, Ohio, which is, of course, again, the site of the recent train derailment that Biden has yet to really address. Talk about at all. Off the bat. And this is like this right here, pretty neutral framing Uh because this is exactly what happened. Right. Like, I'm not trying to spin this any kind of way. This is just about what you would find in any newspaper or whatever you're looking at. Really bad optics off rip.
0: I I totally agree.
1: Like, Like, really, really bad.
0: He hasn't talked about it. Pete Buttigieg has barely talked about it. And the bit that Pete has talked about it was... I'm actually not going to reverse the deregulation. And actually, if you want me to reverse the deregulation, let's ask Trump if he would like that. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I got that in here a little bit later. But, yeah, we'll get to that. Now, the reasons that this is still in the news, there's really two of them, which I kind of just already mentioned. Um, The Biden admin hasn't really, up until this point, done much to address the problem. Mm -hmm. They might be doing something behind the scenes, but nothing publicly we've seen. And, again, we're talking about optics.
0: If if they're doing something behind the scenes, you would think that they'd want to say something about Uh it. Uh-huh. Considering how huge of an issue this has become, Mm
1: -hmm. like Mm -hmm.
0: you, you think that they just want to save face in some ways. Considering that a lot of people care about this,
1: and because, and this is the second reason, the number one likely number one competitor for Joe Biden in twenty twenty four is there. Right. Donald Trump did a campaign stop in East Palestine, Ohio. You would think that if Joe Biden wants to, one, make it seem as though he cares as the president of the United States Uh about this small town. And also, two, wants to be able to make a salient message against Donald Trump that you would be wanting to do something. Which is something he ran on.
0: Right. He ran on like a Main Street, not something else, you know.
1: Yeah, whatever it was. Main Street, not Wall Street.
0: Main Street, not Big Street.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, at the top of this, before we get into any real analysis of the optics or what's going on here, I want to firmly state that Democrats fumbled the ball really so hard on bad this situation. At politics. This, like, like, I mean, this is really on Biden's administration here because he was the one that you know this is happening under mm-hmm. P. Biden and Pete Buttigieg, et cetera. But they really did a bad job here. And again, they might be working on new regulations behind the scenes. I mean, that's like 50-50. fifty-fifty. They might unveil some, you know, bill that they want to push through Congress to greater regulate the um, the, the the rail industry or whatever. But the optics and messaging here, total failure, hundred percent.
0: If you're working on that, just say it. There's nothing yeah. stopping you from just saying, "Hey, we're working on a way to resolve this issue. We're working on a way to compensate the people that were affected by this right. issue. We're we're doing something instead of just sweeping it under the rug."
1: Right. Because now all it seems as though is they are responding to Trump's visit. Yeah. And and that's bad optics, too. It seems like you're on the back foot. Like, why didn't you respond to this immediately? Or even if you didn't, you know, if they didn't know it was going to be a big national news story, because this happened at the beginning of February, then maybe you just monitor the situation. And as news coverage starts to pick up, you say, okay, this is what we're going to do. They didn't do that either. (laughs) <laughs> and, and,
0: and then, like you said, they called on Donald Trump to do something. And it's like, again, we talked about this last week, but a lack of action, their inaction here, like, politically, not even policy-wise, just when you talk about, like, the game of politics is what's giving way for Trump to come mm-hmm. through and sweep up this, like, rhetorical dub. Yep. He yep. can come through, and he can get all the positive favor because conservative media can continue to say that liberal media is refusing to cover for this. They mm-hmm. hate you. They they don't care about any of this. Look how corrupt they are.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Trump's visit was pretty obviously a political stunt. It was pretty obviously a, a campaign. Um, I don't know, campaign stop to yeah. give him some more uh, political points. And his message was clear as well. Uh, Trump brought several pallets of water with Trump branding on them, which <laughs> I thought was funny. Um, he brought some other supplies as well. Undeniably, a low cost. Kind of situation yeah. for a billionaire. Like he didn't spend that much money on this. No. Uh and those water bottles, a ton of five thousand, it's gonna be gone like immediately. And Nothing really what? substantive, but the optics are good for him in for this sure. situation. And it's just
0: build to like what the campaign? Yeah. Like he's not yeah, spending right. a dime.
1: Uh he also went to McDonald's to hang with the locals. Oh, and he knows that menu and better he, than yeah, anybody here. <laughs> that's a quote. He did say that. <laughs> he uh he went to McDonald's to hang out with the the local working class people. Yeah. Uh, and then he, his message was literally, and this is a quote from him. You are not forgotten. We stand with you. We pray for you, and we will stand with you and your fight to ensure the accountability that you deserve. It's it's just about as populist as you can get. So stand as a as a candidate uh, running from uh, a right wing position. And Trump, of course, was also there with some Republican allies in tow, including Senator J D Vance, his son Eric or Don Don Jr. I think was one of
0: one of the sons. I think uh, it was Don Jr. The worst one.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. Don Jr. was there. So he had his um, his little posse there. And then Trump's visit to East Palestine then prompted, I think, either the day after or a couple of days after, Pete Buttigieg <laughs> finally made a visit <laughs> to the town, uh, the small town, which seems, like I said, entirely like a reaction to Donald Trump, which is just so getting caught on the back foot. Incredibly disingenuous. Yeah. And to his credit, Pete did... During his visit there, during his speech, call on Congress to pass regulations and untie the Department of Transportation's hands. He said he wants to do more things. I assume some kind of uh, policy will be advanced in the next couple of weeks that will be stopped by the courts and never implemented. But that's about the extent of of what he had to say. Uh, And it is true that the Department of Transportation, as well as just about every other executive agency, is really restricted in what they can do because they aren't really allowed to impede on business unless Mm -hmm. they can prove that they need to and it's pretty hard to meet those standards um but then of course he had the moment where he called on trump to support new regulations which in my mind just makes it seem as though one you don't know what you're doing and two you think trump would do a better job because you called on him to do it I,
0: i don't i don't we tweeted about this earlier like when the headline first broke i just can't wrap my head around why pete would ever think that that's a good idea right like, right. what wh- What are you trying to do? Even when I try to put myself in his headspace, I think like, okay, yeah, I'm going to call out Trump so that he can say that his deregulation was bad. Yeah. But then I don't know. He's just going to say, why didn't you fix it then?
1: Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. didn't
0: you fix it then? Actually, it wasn't bad. It's your fault. You didn't fix it.
1: And that's been a lot of online discourse. It's been really annoying having to deal with a lot of people online yeah. recently talking about this because it is true for, and we talked about this last week uh, and the week before that as well, like... The Obama era rules that were applying for braking for oil tankers specifically would not have applied to this train. But the argument that we were making that people seemingly lost in translation was that Trump could have extended those rules to high hazardous materials like vinyl chloride to prevent this from happening. Because experts have said if they had the new electronic braking systems that this disaster could have been averted. Donald Trump didn't do that. In fact, he rolled back regulations not only for brakes, but also inspections and all kinds of other things. Obama didn't do enough. And then you had Joe Biden breaking a strike for the rail unions for greater safety protections for not only the workers, but the community as well. Our argument was that every president has failed yeah. at thoroughly regulating the rail industry, especially Trump, because he was responsible for rolling back regulation. And it's like it's even, a simple argument to follow. Even in this situation, wh- why would Pete want
0: to reach across the aisle? To the, like, number yeah. one political enemy here when they could just take it into their hands to sweep up a quick dub, mm-hmm. which they're fucking incapable of doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially because it it had seemed like, at least to me, that for the entirety of Biden's presidency so far, their policy on Trump was to just kind of ignore him, yeah. right? to refer to him as the previous guy, the previous administration, and kind of move on. And I had been fine with that generally because Trump wasn't in the news as yeah. much. And now when he's, like, you know, kind of taking up a lot of space for this disaster that Pete just has to respond to because so many people are yelling at him at this point. Mm-hmm. He immediately is like, well, what, 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 what would Trump even do here? It's yeah, like, come on, hey. dog. <laughs> like you, you, you have the power to do it. And even if you don't, why are you saying, well, Trump should support this then? He's, he, he's a citizen right mm-hmm. now. I don't know it's it's stupid. It's a really bad movie. And it's like even like even like clips. It's just
0: so fucking funny the clip of him walking into the McDonald's and being like, "Oh yeah, I
1: know this menu better than anyone <laughs> else back. in
0: here knows this menu." Because it's like it's weirdly charming. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. it's like funny. It's like a like a humanizing moment for Donald Trump and Pete Buttigieg just not getting any of that. Joe Biden isn't getting any of that. They're just letting them sweep up these dubs. It it, it makes it gives Trump a greater proximity to working class people.
1: Well, it's like I thought they did a pretty good job when that big storm hit Florida, right? And yeah. Ron DeSantis was there, and Joe Biden was also there. Yeah, that and they was got great. All of those pictures of Ron looking like an idiot, uh-huh. and Joe Biden hanging out with the dude that said "Florida Cracker" on his shirt. <laughs> that that they handled that pretty well. I, no complaints for me for what the Biden administration did. They made Ron look dumb, and this like. They just, they didn't
0: handle it at all. I don't know why they can't see, especially when this is like, it feels like a bigger story. Maybe it's recency bias, but this feels like it's a bigger story and a longer story than what that was.
1: Yeah, well, for sure. And it also, I think this would, doing something about this requires them to resist the rail lobby's wants and desires. Yeah. Which I don't think Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden are really equipped to do, nor do they even want to do.
0: Yeah, nobody's for big tropical storm.
1: So. Right. right. There's, <laughs> yeah there's no like institutional economic power that is pushing storms to happen exactly. for profit. Uh,
0: hurricane sandy isn't
1: coming through and funding
0: these politicians <laughs> right, so i, I right. guess
1: yeah yeah um also biden just recently returned from ukraine a couple of days ago as of recording today on sunday february 26th uh he said and this is absurd (laughs) he said he has no plans to visit east palestine ohio rather um even though it's been three weeks as of today since the disaster probably about four weeks by the time you're listening to this if you're a wednesday weenie um and there's also been a (laughs) lot of takes um that are because like biden's giving up the optics game here like saying you're not going to go you're just you're forfeiting the game um and a lot of people right off the back of that have said oh well biden's pledging billions of dollars to ukraine but none to east palestine and it's like Obviously, we recognize that this argument is really fucking stupid Mm because you can do both at the same time. (laughs) And Republicans (laughs) are are, are usually the ones that are against relief funding for states. Yeah. Um, But Biden is giving this this kind of argument room to grow because he he, he was in Ukraine. He just came back from Ukraine. And then he's saying, yeah, I'm not going. And the Ukraine thing in of itself is like because like. From Biden's position,
0: he's trying to govern as, like, a centrist, right? Oh, for sure. Like, he's trying to reach across the aisle and get Republican votes in hopes to beat out whoever the next Republican candidate is if he announces. And that's how he ran his campaign in 2020. Yeah. It's an optical loss already to like visit Ukraine with the way that Republican, but like from a Republican sure, conservative yeah. like standpoint, I understand why he did it. I get it, but it's a double optical loss to visit Ukraine while Trump is visiting East Palestine, and it's a triple optical loss to do all that while coming back and saying I'm not going to East Palestine.
1: Yeah, and I know the EPA has announced a couple of things that they're like requiring Norfolk Southern to do. Of course, this also might get held up. In court yeah. might not actually go through but yeah with, with the ukraine thing it's like i'm sure that biden and his team were planning this months in advance mm-hmm. i'm sure this has taken a lot of planning because it was a secret trip that nobody knew about until he was actually there yeah. and they also had to at least in some way communicate with russian authorities to ensure the president didn't like accidentally didn't get, hit get by a mom. missile. <laughs> otherwise we'd be in world war three so there, there's a lot going into this a lot of logistics but at the same time it's like the war the situation in ukraine obviously really bad obviously a pressing geopolitical yeah. matter he, but there's no reason right now that he had to go you yeah. know what i mean like he could have canceled the trip rescheduled it figured it out again and addressed this problem because it's a domestic issue that's going to matter not only for re-election chances <laughs> but also because we nuked a small town of 5000 people literally like, literally y- you didn't have to and i'm not against joe biden visiting ukraine but this seems In a way more important for his for domestic matters at the very least.
0: Because so much of what shapes like policy and campaigns and how people are elected isn't what's necessarily like happening Mm -hmm. um it's the perception of what's happening like we see it a lot when we talk about like crime legislation a couple weeks ago we talked about new polling that suggests that people's perception of crime is that it's the highest it's ever been when that is just objectively untrue so when you're (laughs) you're allowing people to take that perception and just completely spin it into a yeah. conservative's favor, you are fumbling the bag. There's no other way to put it. You are fucking up immensely.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's why, you know, we're talking about optics today. And that's yeah. a wholly uh, an, an optics analysis, I suppose. Um, and the president has a unique ability to frame issues Mm -hmm. because everyone's going to listen to what he has to say regardless of if they hate them they love him they don't have any feelings about him everyone's going to listen to what the president says and that's why when pete Buttigieg went instead of joe biden it doesn't feel the same oh literally because the president's presence even if it's in a town that voted entirely for donald trump matters a lot more than just some cabinet member because it's like who the fuck cares about cabinet members right you know what i mean like Like, it's a cool thing but at the same time it's like you didn't do anything for regulation and uh also everyone here hates you (laughs)
0: like Like, he should show up he absolutely should show up he should have shown up earlier mm -hmm. but it's also like just having the secretary of transportation show up uh means nothing to people like who live on the ground and don't really right. focus on politics too hard, just having the EPA announce regulations that they're gonna do means nothing to people because again, nobody fucking pays attention to the EPA, yeah. but everyone pays attention to the president because they kind of have to. Yeah. So well, he, and he could get on and announce these EPA regulations. And, he could get on and announce all of these things.
1: Yeah, and and he should, he should he should have gone there and touted all of yeah. those things that he's doing, especially because when we're talking about right wing populism. It's a messaging game, right? When they're not in power, it is wholly an optics battle. It's all culture war. It has nothing to do, at least uh, substantively, until they get into power with legislation or policies Uh or restrictions or anything like that. If Donald Trump is campaigning as a right-wing populist, as he has before, you have to defeat him optically. That's the only way, right? Legislation is important. You have to be doing policy, especially because Joe Biden's empowered his job at this point. But it's an optics game right now, especially when we're talking about elections. Like it's literally a messaging game at that point. they're,
0: They're allergic to good policy. Imagine if Joe Biden went to East Palestine Two fucking weeks ago, mm-hmm. or went to East Palestine, uh, East Palestine, Palestine, yeah. Yeah. like a week ago, and said, "Look, what happened here is awful. Here are the new regulations that me I've worked with the EPA to propose." He could even say that a bipartisan commission has come together to work with the EPA to propose, and these things are going to undo the bad things that Trump did to yep. lead here. It's it's the it. I'm coming up with this off dome on a podcast and the people who are paid hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to come up with these strategies, can't even fucking do it and execute on it.
1: And that's not even like a, a, an unfathomable level of aggression from Joe Biden. Like he did this in September, last September with the democracy thing. Yeah. You preempt all the Republican arguments and you speak semi aggressively on topics that, you know, are very important for the American electorate democracy being one of those. And of course safety and like the transportation, of goods being very important for the economy and for people's i don't know peace of mind as well and it's also like trump has announced his candidacy he he's did running.
0: this for a campaign stop yeah. like i don't like functionally or literally the this water was bottles a the
1: supplies stop. it said you know trump make america great again. exactly
0: yeah. there's nothing that joe biden can really say that would cross the line mm-hmm. at this point or yeah. even a week ago like he's been your opponent for a while now
1: yeah and that brings me to uh the correct take of course. And, and I got three points on this. The first one, of course, like you just mentioned, Trump uh, visited East Palestine, Ohio, for a political stunt. It was, it was a campaign stop. Yeah. It was for messaging. And he did it specifically because he noticed that Joe and Pete weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. He noticed that Democrats in general weren't really taking this matter seriously at all. And because Trump isn't president, and the rail industry knows that he's going to support them ultimately, because he's been in charge of deregulating yeah. the industry a ton so far, he can pull a stunt like this with, func- with functionally no consequence. Because he doesn't have to commit to deregulating anything all he has to do is go there and contrast himself with joe biden who hasn't shown up that's all Trump has to do to get a, a political dub out of this. doesn't have to announce support for really anything. The rail industry knows that he's not going to regulate them any further. So all he has to do is show up and, and be Trump. And he did that.
0: Yeah. Just lie. Be a yeah. little charismatic in the
1: process. And of course, the second one, as we've already mentioned, is that Pete and Joe should have been there literally as soon as the it wasn't cancerous to be in the yeah, area. Yeah,
0: as soon as the evacuation was lifted. <laughs> yeah,
1: as soon as he didn't have to wear a hazmat suit to step into East yeah. Palestine, Ohio, he should have been there. Again, doesn't matter if they couldn't make any promises for regulation Just the mere act of being there and saying, like, we're here for you, we're getting supplies for you, we're going to fight for greater regulation, so this never happens to any community again. That's all you got to do to win the optical And that's the other thing, because it would have been such an optical
0: dove if as soon as the evacuation order lifted and the EPA said, actually, it's safe to come here. If the president of the United States went there and said, look, it's safe, I'm here. Mm Mm-hmm. Then that builds so much trust with the people there and the people who are focusing on the story. And he they're like, even, okay, he could have drank I the can, water. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, it's like <laughs> there are so many videos of like people at city council meetings, right? Where it's like, here, this is the water you have me drink, and they mm-hmm. just bring brown water. This is what's coming out of my faucet, and shit like that. Will you drink it? And they won't. Yeah. Like all politicians have to do is just drink the fucking water
1: if they're saying it's safe. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And now the third point I have here. And I'm gonna go into a little bit of a tangent, but it's still related. Is that this event, kind of as you mentioned already, mm-hmm. is a perfect microcosm for how fascism grows. Literally, like the the best example I can think of in recent history for how fascism grows. So, and I'll explain to what tell. I mean. This, I'll explain what to I tell. mean by this. So, fascism. To proliferate requires a sort of widespread economic vulnerability, right? People have to have feel people have to feel disillusioned and left behind by the mm-hmm. current economic and political systems, but they also have to not really know where to direct their anger, right? Yeah, class consciousness can't play a role because if they if they if they're class conscious, it's not. going to be Then they fascism, understand right? the things that are going on, but they have to have a level of awareness that gets them to the point where they're like, yeah, the system sucks and I feel left behind. And this is certainly the case in East Palestine, Ohio. Right? Yeah. It's a it's a rural community. This is the case in a lot of rural communities, but also urban and suburban areas. Deindustrialization and the effects of global capital have been really bad for a lot of American communities, yeah. and they leave a lot of people feeling left behind. And this vulnerability, undeniably, is caused by capitalism, its need to profit and accumulate wealth, et cetera. I won't go into all that because we've talked about it before, but this process is facilitated by both the center left, which is where Joe Biden is, mm-hmm. and the center right. And so, you know, Pete, Pete Buttigieg, Joe Biden, they fall into this group. Now, when disasters like this happen, Undeniably, unambiguously, they happen because of the prioritization of profit over safety. Again, these dereg- the, the deregulation facilitated by both weak center-left and center-right politicians. And this gives room for far-right authoritarians like Donald Trump, fascist populist however you want to call them to come in and say look they're leaving you behind yeah. and i can be the one that saves you and they usually blame it on things like you know immigrants uh, liberal elites trans people jewish people etc and of course people like trump and the far right populists are usually either in favor or already did deregulate a lot of industries <laughs> that uh, caused a lot of the vulnerability people yeah. are feeling but as long as they can go in and act as though they're in support of helping these people or act as though they will be a beacon for the disillusionment that a lot of people are feeling uh, they're able to to win the messaging game and the success of these fascists like donald trump depends wholly on the incompetence of center-left center-right politicians like joe biden because again if biden had immediately visited provided supplies, unveiled new regulations, etc. Trump would have had to contrast himself to Joe Biden by saying, I support the rail industry, because that's all (laughs) that populists care about. They have to draw contrast with the systems that are making people feel disillusioned. Otherwise, they have no policy platform. Mm -hmm. But instead, Joe Biden and liberals, you know, insert whatever political figure you want to give room to these people, give room for these people to uh, continue to grow. And these politicians like Joe Biden just aren't equipped to handle these problems. Because they're wholly subservient to the capitalist system. Absolutely. And and they're wholly subservient to industries like the rail industry. So to me, this, this disaster in East Palestine just perfectly encapsulates how fascism has grown in this country. It is the liberal tendency to just ignore disillusionment with the system and the real material suffering people are having mm-hmm. – and it gives room for people like Trump and other fascists to rise to power, saying, "I will support you," and it's actually the fault of immigrants or Jewish people or liberal elites or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, part of like the key here is there's no real policy prescription coming yeah. through from the right when they talk about these things. Like, what I- what is Trump saying he's gonna do if he were to win re-election when he goes and visits East Palestine? Yeah, he's not saying anything. He's talking about a vague, like otherized enemy. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's 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 all it is. There's no policy. There's no actually. Yeah, maybe we should regulate the railroad we're going to regulate all yeah. the railroads all the railroad companies are going to feel it
1: marxist yeah. leninist trump coming through <laughs> yeah. no like uh, the the thing that trump said was that we're not going to or you will not be forgotten Right. Yeah, that's it. And and that is that's the message here is that this is a community that clearly feels forgotten about that probably honestly has been forgotten about yeah. by neoliberal politicians. And because the left is so weak and by left, I mean liberals like the mm. mainstream left, because the left is so weak in this country, um, th- this gives room for Trump to make these kinds of arguments with no real resistance. And Joe Biden's Joe Biden's administration, their complete incompetence with handling this issue yeah. is just perfect for donald trump because people around the country are seeing this yeah right people in rural uh, rural areas in the united states see this and they think oh that could happen to me or my community feels left behind or you know i'm struggling to make ends meet or whatever it may be and instead of joe biden being the one they're looking at and saying oh he's going to be the one to you know implement greater regulations greater mm-hmm. safety standards etc they're looking at a former president that lost the previous election showing up who was running again and saying and thinking like oh Maybe he will help me when he won't. Even, even like beyond that,
0: too, like the average everyday person, they're just looking and they see this tragedy happen and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's kind of fucked up. I kind of want to read more about that. And then when they look it up, the places that they read more about are Fox News. Yeah. They're the Tucker Carlson clips that come up. They're Tucker Carlson's coverage of these events. And he's poisoning the well with conservative rhetoric and right. fascist rhetoric.
1: Right. And, and Joe Biden's inadequacy, and I'm saying Joe Biden but it's like everybody within the yeah. liberal left obviously. But their incompetence handling this issue also gives people like Tucker Carlson more of a room to talk about this. Because he was on, and this is a, a good example of what I was talking about, yeah. he was on saying uh, something along the lines of like, maybe this was intentional because East Palestine vote Voted for Trump, they're all conservative and they're mostly white. Like he, he was saying this on his broadcast. <laughs> what the- he doesn't get wow. to say this if Joe Biden immediately comes out, says we're pursuing criminal penalties against the CEO of Norfolk Southern or yeah. fucking whatever. Je- exile the CEOs right. of Norfolk Southern. Tucker, Tucker doesn't get to make these arguments if Joe Biden has swift and immediate retaliation against these people. But liberals just aren't equipped to do this. They, no, they just not can't. At the they're, they're, week- they're
0: in a position where they can't do anything. Yeah. Because, again, as we see him, Joe Biden will capitulate to the railroads. He's yes. beholden to the railroad CEOs. So what does he do? He can't piss them off because he likes them and he's friends with them, and he doesn't want to piss conservatives off because he
1: likes them and he's Uh friends with them. Yeah, and there's no real structural incentive to go against them because they help liberals get elected. And even when they're not (laughs) elective, they get to hold their moral high ground, and they get to
0: sit there and be like, God, we're not those other guys. It's really bad when those other guys are in power, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and this is another reason, uh, and we haven't talked about this a ton, but there's another reason why the system itself is very skewed against leftists like us, like socialists actually rising to power power because fascists like donald trump won't really do anything to hurt the bottom line for these companies oh yeah but we would (laughs) which is why the entire system is wired to resist us and accept fascists as they rise to power right you'll notice that there's not any real structural push against donald trump rising to power there hasn't been any criminal charges imposed against him for inciting an insurrection against the government although that might happen at some point but i doubt it yeah I mean, the system itself isn't really equipped to handle these people because they don't really do anything bad for capitalism as an economic and system. They don't really care. They they
0: do sit in their ivory towers and the, the their only real issue with Trump isn't necessarily they, they have they take issue with the things he says right sure, they are yeah. ideologically opposed to the things he says but they take issue with trump because he's so vulgar about it mm-hmm. and he exposes the political system for being what it is this yeah. shitty thing they they dislike trump for him being a celebrity who mm-hmm. got involved with politics they don't they don't treat Mitt romney who votes with donald trump 97 percent of the time <laughs> right. with the same fervor that they treat donald trump they believe the same things mm-hmm. they don't really treat ted cruz like this they just do because he gets vulgar with it right mm-hmm. like they're out there just jerking off in their ivory towers sitting there like oh they're not respectable
1: right and it's that kind of liberal obsession with institutions and civility that is really dangerous
0: it's the sanctity of these walls yeah, you know because,
1: well and they say all that stuff like sanctity of these walls and in the books space. they write they describe <laughs> a hallway for like three pages uh, but they don't really do anything to defend what the actual purpose of the halls are for which yeah. is democracy right yeah. they don't really do anything to uh to ensure that people like Donald Trump don't overturn democracy. The
0: holes should not be sacred by virtue of them being there. They uh-huh. should be sacred because good things happen there.
1: Yeah, or should. It should happen yeah. there, exactly. Yeah. So if I guess if you get anything from this last point that I was trying to make, it's that um, fascists don't come out of nowhere, right? Yeah, They're a result, just like most things, of material conditions that we can change, mm-hmm. that have been changed over history. Uh, and the way to really deal with them long-term, I mean, is to undercut the sort of economic vulnerability that a lot of people feel. Yeah. Because people won't be as open to far-right ideologies and hateful ideologies if they're not just completely and totally economically insecure. Um, They'll be a bit more comfortable taking risks on candidates they think will do good things for them.
0: Or even if they were just Educated in where this economic security yeah. comes from, instead of just immediately pinning it on uh, like the Jews. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Imagine if instead of looking for information on East Palestine and seeing a Tucker Carlson clip, you saw a head in the office clip. So a head in the office <laughs> yeah. clip. Number one, Google. Come on, yeah. that's the world that we should be living in. Yeah,
1: that's a whole other can of worms. How uh the media kind of just proliferates our rise to right wing talking points, and our rise to <laughs> yeah. fame, of course. <laughs> I'll rise to fame off of the algorithm that's tailored to push right-wing content. Exactly, yeah. we got to find a way to sneak in there, you know what I mean?
0: I need to be up there on Facebook's top 10 with uh, Dan Bongino, Ben Shapiro, <laughs> Ben Shapiro, <laughs> Steven Crowder, head in the office, Walsh. Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro. That's <laughs> going to be us one day.
1: Speaking of content, though. Oh, my God. we got a little bit of Beyond Parody. I think this one's uh, pretty gas, actually. This is the first of two Beyond Parody sections I got for you all today. Uh, And this one is courtesy of a friend of the show, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Lover, She recently called for a national divorce. And if you don't know what that is, I'll just, uh, I'll give you her statement exactly. I'll read it to you exactly what she had to say. She said, and this was, uh, uh, she posted this on Twitter. She said, we need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this from the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to Democrats, traitors, America last policies. We are done. So it seems like she's calling for civil war part two, uh, because the South did so well the last time. Yeah. Ironically,
0: uh, the, the, the people who tout themselves as the party of lincoln are the ones advocating <laughs> for seceding from the union
1: right like it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unclear what she means here because like it seems like she's calling for a civil war but of course there is no state that's just decidedly conservative yeah. or decidedly liberal like there's lots of millions of conservatives in california and her own state of georgia has two democratic senators exactly so i don't really know what she means by red and blue states um because it's like sure it I, like sounds like it and i i would Love it. I
0: would love it if Ron DeSantis left. I'd uh-huh. love it if Lauren Bobart and Marchie Taylor Green left. Yeah. I'd love it if Rick Scott left, right? But I also recognize that there are a lot of regular people who have never done anything wrong living in these states, uh-huh. and I don't want them to be subject to worse conditions. Right,
1: right. <laughs> uh, and, and my second point is that if we're just talking economically, yeah, red states couldn't exist on their own. Oh, absolutely states not. carry the union economically. <laughs> are you kidding?
0: California's like Oh God, what's the largest seventh largest economy? largest economy in the world? Like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like if red states are left on their own, they're they're like the poorest country they're in the
0: fucked. world. Imagine West Virginia by itself. Yeah. God.
1: And now, third, uh, it's easy to to push this away as a sort of dumb thing Marjorie Taylor Greene is just saying on the timeline. Yeah. But the reason I point this out. And the reason I think it's interesting is because a lot or very few, actually, of her GOP colleagues have pushed back against Mm -hmm. this when asked, even by reporters. And I think it's notable because to me, this is just her saying, I want an ethno state. (laughs) Like, this is what it is. Right. Because or, or I guess you could say states without wokeness, which just means no trans people, black people, immigrants, et cetera, because who who votes Republican? (laughs) <laughs> it's white people that vote Republican in this country for the most part. Their base is is white people. When you say I only I want red states to be separated from blue states, you're saying I want an ethno state. Yeah. I don't know any other way that could be interpreted. And it's also
0: like when you say we need to separate red states from blue states and shrink the federal government. Mm -hmm. You're not talking about shrinking the federal government when it comes to, I don't know, brutalizing immigrants at the border. You're actually calling for an expansion of the federal government in Uh certain aspects. But you just want your business friends to be able to have more freedom to, uh, I don't know. Oh, Let's actually... um, shrink the federal government by shrinking the minimum wage. Yeah,
1: right. Right. <laughs> well, and it's like uh, like like you say there's no real peaceful way to go yeah. about like how do you have a peace, peaceful ethno state in the United <laughs> States where a lot of states are very very diverse, especially red ones in the south are pretty diverse places. Um
0: some of the most diverse places like just like by states if you look at the um oh god what is it I forget exactly what it's called, but if you look at um demographic maps mm-hmm. in the United States, you see that a lot of uh Concentrated areas of black families black yeah. families are where the um, yeah. cotton plantations used to be. yeah, like it, it maps onto the soil because that's where cotton plantations used to be and they've never had the ability to really move out of those states right. or they have
1: roots in those states. And like the way she says this low-key seems exactly like an argument someone would make during the Civil War. Yeah. like we need to separate slave states and non slave states from the Union <laughs> and, and decrease the power of the federal government. like yeah. it's, it's the yeah. exact same. and again how do you do this peacefully it's civil war right yeah that's that's the conclusion she's not saying it directly but she's expecting people that listen to her that follow her to just make the argument in their head that like oh yeah civil war like Mm -hmm. that's how we do this we separate from the union red state from blue state uh white people from black people like that's how we (laughs) anyway that's the recent take from marjorie taylor green uh, she just she just can't keep herself out of the spotlight. Let us know what you all are gonna do to survive the civil war. Um, True. If you're in a red state, let me know how you're getting out. Oh. If you're in a blue state, um, I, I guess you won. That's a good spawn point. True. Or wherever you're at. You know what I mean? uh, if You're in a red state. Um,
0: I guess we'll smuggle you out.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll be the ones doing that. <laughs> exactly. It'll be the underground railroad sponsored by Hitto Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna get every, everyone that wants to get out is getting out. We're gonna save you. One more. One more beyond parody section. Though. I love it. I love it. Uh, we're visiting Tennessee real quick to see how um, cool and calm things are, and they aren't very cool and Not calm good actually, because we're talking about Tennessee Republicans, uh, a red state. Okay. Which was, um, you know, topic of the last beyond parody section. We're talking about a red state again. Kind of a pattern. Yeah. that goes on with these beyond parody sections. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this story very simple and short. Um, we'll just get right to the point. I'll just quote right from NBC. Okay. Quote. Tennessee lawmakers passed a bill on Thursday restricting drag performances in public or in front of children, putting the state at the forefront of a Republican-led effort oh. to limit drag in at least 15 states in recent months. Uh, Word. Now, the impetus for this, according to lawmakers in Tennessee, Republican lawmakers in Tennessee, is that parents are basically being blindsided by the sexuality of drag shows. And I promise you, I've I read articles about this. That's really it. Like, that's that's the argument they're advancing. There's that's about it it's crazy how they can just
0: lie and um just push forward policies that's going that leads to other policies that will ruin millions of people's lives <laughs> yeah. you know they, yeah. it's it's just a lie right like and th- three people have like seen a drag queen in public in Tennessee mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. it like three people have
1: seen that yeah're right. probably and just walking out from their show in Tennessee of all places literally like, come on now <laughs> <laughs> not the most accepting place to be uh, another quote from NBC quote, Johnson, who is the uh, Senate majority leader in Tennessee, in their state Senate, and his Senate colleagues passed a bill criminalizing, quote, adult cabaret entertainment in public or where it could be seen by children, though it would still be allowed in age-restricted venues. The bill defines such entertainment as, quote, adult-oriented performances by strippers, go-go dancers, and or, and this is the drag queen part, male or female impersonators. (laughs) That's what they define drag person as legally, male or female impersonators. Uh, Now, if one violates That's crazy. If one violates this bill, and I'm sure the violations will be very broad and difficult to understand, uh, it comes as a misdemeanor on first offense, and then a felony of one to six years in prison on second offense. Uh, So make sure you just for wearing a fun campy wig and outfit, right? (laughs) Well, and and they say taking on makeup. Right, they say it's uh, it can still be held in age restricted venues, but at the same time, it's like we know what you're trying to do with this legislation. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're You're saying, quite literally, trying to push it into the shadows. Well, especially because in Tennessee and just about every other state, there's already public indecency laws. Yeah, you can't just like be naked in front of kids. There's no reason to single out drag shows other than to advance the far right march of uh, targeting the LGBTQ community. And it's also like there's nothing in like a a stripper, right, dresses sexually Uh
0: on purpose. Right. There's nothing really sexual about putting on a big campy dress and a big wig.
1: Right. No. and, and, (laughs) And that was my point here as well is like drag shows are not inherently sexual they can be yeah like any art form or performance it can be sexual if you want it to be but it isn't always like it's just a silly
0: outfit how are you really just defining like what's sexual here just seeing a person dress in a campy outfit in public is it is it maybe wearing fishnets right i I don't know dog if you think that that just looks sexual i think you gotta look inward yeah
1: (laughs) i don't know and of course uh (laughs) the same point is what we've made before If you want to see a drag show, you got to be looking for it. Real. Like, you're not stumbling into one. You're not accidentally finding one, like, at your kid's school. It it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, And for the people that are making this, Bill, uh, you are a horrible human being, and this is just another step in the long line of... An attempt to dehumanize the LGBTQ community and, I guess, drag queens specifically. Uh, and it's from also right. just like,
0: what, what was it to said about male, female impersonators? They can't be in public?
1: Uh, it defined the entertainment that is, like, restricted as being around children. Uh, okay. Male and female impersonators is a part of that definition.
0: What is that? So when a, when, uh, when, oh, goodness, what's her name? When the lady who voices Naruto comes to, like, a public school and yeah. is like, oh, yeah, what's up? Like, I'm, a, hi, guys, yeah. I'm Naruto. Believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, shit like that. Yeah, like, when the- When actors play, a, when a female actor dress, it plays, like, a teen boy mm-hmm. in a local production of, I don't know, some fucking play- is that not allowed in
1: public? Or just school plays? That happens all the time. Exactly. Where like a, a a boy student might play a girl role or a girl student might play a boy role, and there's nothing weird about that. It's it's th- that's how it's, it's always yeah, been done. Acting Shakespeare <laughs> had all male casts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like are we not allowed to? Is, is that going to be banned in public now? It says it, it criminalizes this kind of entertainment in public or where it could be seen by children. Our school plays not allowed anymore? Sorry guys, we actually don't have the right
0: gender makeup here in this theater classroom to carry through with the spring play, so I guess it's just fucking cancelled. I
1: went to uh, a reenactment of Romeo and Juliet over the summer with my girlfriend and her yeah. mom in in uh, in Michigan. And it was just like in public. It was in a public park. Uh-huh. They do this every single year. And there was a woman playing a male's part. Oh, that's so sexual. She was cast as it. No, I'm sorry. Who cares? Moral degeneracy. <laughs> like, no, and that's the thing is that like, are those people going to be jailed for one to six years on second offense? Yeah. Or are they just going to target LGBTQ people?
0: Are we going to extend this and be like, oh, male female impersonators? Actually, Bart
1: Simpson banned. Yeah, Bart this Simpson is, voiced by a woman banned. Th- th- no, exactly. Like this is the party of freedom, by the way. Yeah, like, this is yeah, this is the party that's fighting for your freedoms <laughs> as an American. The people that are putting people in jail for <laughs> male or female impersonations. Like I, I don't understand. Like what. Wh- they're they're legislating logic to it they're legislating like the gender binary into existence it's kind of crazy uh and i know it's funny to laugh at but this is like actual fascism rising to power it's really bad it's just so it's so absurd yeah so fundamentally absurd so if you are a uh if you are a drag queen listening to this Stay safe. Don't go to Tennessee. Real. If you're a drag show enjoyer, um, I guess you can go to Tennessee and see it in age-restricted venues. But if they step outside,
0: yeah, they're in trouble. If you're a drag show organizer, uh-huh. you better have security to make sure that your, your drag queens don't walk outside. Yeah. Ever. I,
1: was, I remember there was a... Um, there was God. I don't know if it was I don't think it was in Tennessee might have been somewhere else. Okay, where uh, some people like it, it was actually a pretty cool moment where some dudes like with you know weapons they were armed were like protecting a drag show from protesters. Oh, I remember what it, what. You're or it may have just about. been a pride parade they were protecting pride something back in the summer. Uh, that was yeah. a pretty cool moment. Maybe you should hire some security to protect you because I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't feel very safe if I were you in Tennessee. So no, yeah,
0: no, definitely not. Stay
1: safe out there, folks. For real, that's the moral of this beyond parody section. Uh, moving on to some election news we could there's there's another story that this reminded me of though i okay.
0: don't have the exact details of it but i just looked it up to confirm but uh, nebraska is just uh just put forth a bill i think in their state house to just ban gender affirming care for minors oh great so kind of a, a neat continuation of the last bit of information
1: i feel like i might have seen that uh, there's a couple other states trying to do it too christ it's literally the uh, i'm going to get you to unalive yourself bill That's Mm -hmm. that's what that is, Mm -hmm. Uh, because, again, we know that gender affirming care for minors and it's not surgery. It's just gender affirming care, you know, helping people, behavioral therapy, that kind of thing. We know that lowers suicidality rates. Yeah. uh, And taking that away is literally just I want you to kill yourself. Just again, staring reality, staring you in the face. Yep. Turning the other way. Because, you know, we have developed over time as a human... We've had science for like 500 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's pretty cool. We've had science for a while. Uh, We've had the scientific method for a while. The enlightenment. I was a fan. (laughs) Uh, me personally Uh, i don't want to go back to when we just refused any evidence that was shown to our face and we put people in jail for like defiling the church or whatever yeah i don't think we should go
0: back to like witch trials Mm -hmm. uh werewolf trials in france which were something that i didn't know happened but that happened i guess yeah um bad idea in my mind i think so yeah no i would not be in favor
1: of that um nebraska l tennessee l had to sliver that
0: little bit of depressing news in there for our Nebraska listeners,
1: uh, if you want some not depressing news, Michigan's working on a ton of legislation that's pretty cool. Oh, for real! They got some gun legislation coming up, obviously in the wake of yep. the MSU shooting, but also because uh, there's a Democratic trifecta, yep. uh, they've got the ability to pass some pretty cool stuff. There's lots of stuff coming up; we might cover that soon. Oh, nice! They should pass
0: uh, the um, uh, the
1: railroad executives bill. <laughs> 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 nah, bro. <so. laughs> Uh, before we get put on a watch list, <laughs> yeah, real, 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 real. To I up. mean jail. Railroad executives. executives. <laughs> Sorry, that beep kind of j- the washer went off. You <laughs> i saying? It just came out of nowhere. Uh, time for some 2024 election news. That's right. We got to talk about the presidential election we're first. Getting very into it. And surprisingly, to my surprise, we're starting off on the Democratic side of things. Because we have a contender running against Joe Biden in the 2024 <gasps> elections, wow. and that is Marianne Williamson. For those of you that don't remember, Marianne Williamson, she ran in 2020. She was one of the, like, 20 different candidates on stage. Yeah. Uh, she's an author. She's been involved in politics before, but kind of on the edges. Never. I don't think she's ever held elected office before, but she ran for president before. Got her name out on the national spotlight, and she's uh, she said she's running again. She's gonna have a formal announcement in March, but she was recently in an uh-huh. interview where she said she plans to run again in 2024. Yeah, apparently,
0: she's she's a she's an author, a self help author mm-hmm. who is like adjacently related to politics, I think, because of her 2020 run. Yeah, so yeah. uh, that's cool,
1: I guess. And now, her goal here is obviously, I, she's pretty much said in the past that she doesn't think that she's going to win right she didn't think she was going to win in 2020 yeah but her goal was to pull everyone on the stage further to the left which i'm generally in support of she's not like a socialist or anything i think she's just kind of like a social democrat uh-huh. somewhere between there and like Still bernie sanders way
0: more left than uh joe biden is, right
1: and so i think her goal is to if she can get on a debate stage if the dnc doesn't just snub her out um her goal is probably going to be to get joe biden to move further left on as many things as she can um which in my mind is good because For real uh more left policies are Moral. They're pretty good. They help people. Yes. Um, And also, they're popular amongst the electorate Uh uh, when they can be articulated correctly. So if she makes Biden take on more left positions, I'm generally in favor. For real. And that's about what Bernie did as well. Uh, He basically single-handedly over the last decade or so has pulled democrats further to the left mm-hmm. uh medicare for all is mainstream now $15 minimum wage is mainstream although it hasn't passed
0: pretty much all the good things
1: yeah has all been pushed by things. bernie and the left um so that's pretty cool there is though some evidence to suggest and this is a small sample size because there's only been so many presidential elections yeah. but there's some evidence to suggest that when incumbents like joe biden run against a primary challenge as they're the incumbent it actually hurts their chances of winning in a general election we can assume Joe Biden's gonna I mean, win a I primary. Yes, I can see it, yeah. We can assume Joe Biden's gonna win a primary. Um, that's most likely. Um, but I guess, you know, he might come out not unscathed. Uh, after a primary challenge with yeah, Marianne, maybe so. to the
0: three moderates watching, it looks bad. Yeah, like the primary made Joe Biden look bad, and they decided I'm going to vote for Trump now. Right,
1: and again, small sample size. Very, very rarely is a president. Is there an attempted primary challenge from a president because they never win? Yeah, um, but the the most notable one I can think of is Gerald Ford when he lost to Jimmy Carter. Ronald Reagan ran against mm. him in the primary before that, and then he lost. Um, but again, there's so many confounding variables that there's no. There's no equation we can work out to say, like, oh, Marion Williamson will take away this percentage from Joe Biden. Uh-huh. We'll have to see. It's too far out. Generally, I support her getting into the mix. I think it'll make things interesting from a content perspective at the end. Absolutely.
0: Very least. And that's what I'm uh, mostly here for. That's right. Content.
1: That's right. That's so right. I can't
0: wait for DeSantis to drop his run because Trump's been dropping little little nuggets mm-hmm. on Truth Social, just throwing jabs at Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And I can't wait for him to announce a real run so that Trump can just go full throttle. Oh, like, my God. He, he already dropped that one picture. I don't know if it was real or not, but he, like, posted a picture on Truth Social of, I guess, Ron DeSantis used to be a teacher, Mm -hmm. of him, like, drinking with his underage female students. No way. You didn't
1: hear about this? No, that's not. That's a Beyond parody section. (laughs) Oh,
0: absolutely. Put the whimsy (laughs) up. Put the the whimsy up. crazy. Yeah, apparently, like, uh, a picture was going around Twitter. I want to say, like a week and a half, 2 weeks ago of Ronda Sanchez, oh, I guess someone who was allegedly Ronda Sanchez with two female minors uh with alcohol like in allegedly with alcohol in their hands, red solo cups shit like that. And he was like their teacher or something. I don't know if it's true. No way, But man. Trump was posted about it on Truth Social and a couple other people were posting about it.
1: It's got to be, it's got to be Uh, fucking, the thing that they did with like Jeffrey Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell and they photoshopped that one dude in. Oh yeah, 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 It's yeah, got to yeah. be that. Like oh, there's no so chance.
0: Funny, that would be so funny.
1: No. Oh, that's so funny. I can't wait till Ron DeSantis or uh, Donald Trump starts calling Ron DeSantis meatball Ron. <laughs> I want. <that. laughs> you haven't heard that? No, I want this name to stick really badly. Um <laughs> Chapo has been ta- Trap House has been talking uh-huh. about it. Um and I think Trump has said it like once or twice, but he walked it back. He's like, oh, I'm not gonna say that it's mean. But of course Ron DeSantis is Italian. Uh he's a pretty round guy. <laughs> <laughs> Meatball Ron is gas. That's all I'm gonna say. Meatball Ron I'm is waiting, hilarious. I'm waiting for Donald
0: Trump to get on get back on Twitter. Uh-huh. One. And then his first tweet back is actually, um, I here I am. Uh I I further don't like meatball ron he has gay voice
1: <laughs> Please, like, that's trump's first tweet back ronda sanctimonious is bad okay yeah. not his best work it's no sleepy it's joe. funny
0: it's like kind of funny just like it's words you right. know it's it, like oh huh. but it's,
1: it's not sleepy joe you know it what doesn't I mean? have a ring to it meatball ron that is heat meatball that, that ron has gay work. voice that's a good tweet Might <laughs> be his his best work right there we need meatball ron you can't win an election if you're called Meatball Ron, bro. Come on, <laughs> that's just hilarious.
0: Imagine the, the the AI deepfake videos that have been going crazy on TikTok of oh. the presidents, and then you have a uh, shut up. Uh, let me be clear. Uh, <laughs> shut up, Meatball Ron. <laughs> hey, bro. It'd be over. <laughs> you could never run for public office ever it's, again. It's Obama, Joe Biden, and Trump, and Ron DeSantis playing Cod Zombies, trying to get the <laughs> trying to get an Easter egg done on buried. And so,
1: uh, let me be clear, Meatball Ron, I need you to not kill the crawler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Doug, if we could get if we could get meatball ron to be a household name oh my <laughs> god like you would have to just quit politics i think that's our goal right now yeah. we have we have 44 000 tiktok followers that we need to leverage yeah if you're watching this video right now spam meatball ron in the comment section <laughs> meatball ron let's get it trending <laughs> please that'd be so good Switching now to the uh, GOP side of things, though, Republican senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott, seems to be flirting with the idea of running for president in the primary. He hasn't formally announced his candidacy. And I wouldn't be surprised if you guys have no idea who this person is. Uh Uh, He seems to want to be like a civility unity type candidate. Um, Nothing really that crazy. He was in Iowa recently, though, which is why people are thinking that he's going to announce. And he said, quote, I see a future where common sense has rebuilt common ground where we've created real unity but not by co- not by compromising away our conservatism but by winning converts where our movement can once again carry 49 states in the popular vote never going to happen never <laughs> ever going to happen oh my god i don't
0: understand why there's always like five people on like each side during like primary and like election seasons that are like yeah guys i actually wanted to do unity yeah, yeah. i'm biden <laughs> one Biden right. won kind of on unity, but I feel like he really won because he wasn't Trump.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. So
0: it's, so it's like, it, I don't think the unity thing works.
1: I don't think the unity thing works either, especially because it seems like he's trying to occupy the same lane as Nikki Haley. Uh, but it seems like neither of them really have the guts to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because Nikki Haley, she uh, when she announced she was like the, oh, yeah, mental capacity test or whatever for yeah. people 75 years and older, which obviously includes Donald Trump. But then when <laughs> she was asked about it, she's like, oh, yeah, I think Trump would pass. Like, you don't have the guts to call him out because being this yeah. candidate requires you, one, to call out Donald Trump and say he lost in 2020. He's going to lose again. So you have to choose somebody else. Choose me. And two... You have to try to, if you want to be the unity person, you have to try to make a claim and make an argument that his behavior divides the country and what you'll do will actually unite all Americans. Neither of them are going to make that argument because doing so would sacrifice the Trump base, which they need to get elected. And it's also like the, the election denial stuff is so immensely
0: popular. When we covered, yeah. the, covered the Pennsylvania Senate primary with Dr. Oz, every single candidate on there said, yeah, the election was stolen. Oh, and right. then when their elections happened, it was, yeah, the election was stolen, I may have been on the same ticket as Donald Trump and won. However, the election was still stolen, but Mm -hmm. not for me because my votes were right. But Trump's votes were wrong. You you really can't be in the Republican Party and say that Trump didn't deserve to win, because even if you do say that, yeah, Trump should have won. He had the votes to win. The election was stolen. Why are you running and not letting the person who deserved the win and Mm -hmm. was supposed to win
1: win? Right. My recent, uh, th- this isn't really recent. It's kind of been a thing they've been doing since 2020. Yeah. But one of my favorite things conservatives have been saying since the 2020 election is that when they're asked, they'll say, uh, if they're asked, did Joe Biden win in 2020? They won't say, yes, he won. They'll say, Joe Biden is the president. Yeah, they cannot admit that Joe Biden won because they're either afraid of Donald Trump or they themselves want to believe the election lie in 2020. And they know that if they say, yes, Joe Biden won, it was fair and square that they'll get attacked by the MAGA base and they need that MAGA base. They're so cucked by Donald Trump. (laughs) It's crazy. It's I I love that. They just they can't admit that he
0: won fairly. They're really in such an awful position right now. If they want to do anything for their own political careers, like I feel like the best thing to do is honestly just sit out.
1: Yeah. This election
0: cycle, if you want any future in Republican politics in the future.
1: Especially because Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, they're not old and it's like they're who, like 50
0: something cares about these people
1: oh yeah well that's the other point <laughs> that's the other point it's like they don't have a chance of getting beyond like 3% in the primary yeah. like that should be their goal realistically. no
0: one has a chance except for Ron
1: DeSantis Ron DeSantis yeah. I,
0: I don't understand what they're trying to do
1: and, and the only reason Ron DeSantis has a chance is because he has specifically made sure to jettison himself forward in the national perspective yeah. by being a uniquely horrible human mm-hmm. being <laughs> like <laughs> that, that's the reason that he is relevant today alongside Donald <laughs> Trump because he has pushed himself so far ahead of the right-wing media right-wing ideologies that he himself is willing to be just as fucking insane as trump but of course he can't really do the trump thing as well as trump does and he's meatball ron so like he's
0: meatball ron he he is the policy to trump's rhetoric though like everything that trump does well when it comes to rhetoric ron does well when it comes to being very bad
1: yeah yeah. And an awful person if if there was a candidate that could ever harness both of those powers we'd be done that'd be, <laughs> be out of here like if they could do the trump thing and also have like the uh the smarts to get around policy and stuff like that it'd yeah. be over but i almost feel as though those two characteristics might cancel each other out i don't know if you could have both of those that's true it'd be like having the infinity gauntlet or just that's tear true. you to and I also
0: i also don't know like it's just also just like with the policies like they just say like no more gay yeah, And then that's it Then he signs it And then it's good
1: Well I mean Trump said that in his video right He True. said um, Well he didn't say no more gay He said <laughs> uh, Congress is only going to recognize two genders I'm going to write that into law Yes uh, So there's that No more trans is what he no said No more trans um, But he probably will say no more gay at some point I
0: wouldn't, wouldn't be, be surprised be, Yeah
1: The one thing we do got to check on before we leave, though, is Wisconsin. I said I promised that we would. Yes. So we're doing it now. Wisconsin just had their Supreme Court primary elections and we have a couple of results. So as I mentioned last week, two liberals and two conservatives were in the race and the top two vote getters get to move on to the April 4th election. And we have those results in. It's a pretty big race, considering that for Wisconsinites, if we got any Wisconsinites in the uh, in the listening base, we in the audience, we got a couple. Um, it's uh, you got voting rights and abortion just on the chopping block. Yeah, uh, and you need the seat if you want the court to swing left, which I hope you do. Which I, I, hope I hope you do so too. Uh, but the two people that moved on are Janet Protasewicz, I think that's how you say <laughs> that, uh, who's the liberal, and then Daniel Kelly, who's the conservative. Uh, it's interesting to note here, and the reason why I'm including it again in the show notes because is because um, Janet. However you say her last name. (laughs) Jenny P. Yeah. Jenny P. push P. She received more votes as an individual candidate than both of the conservatives on the ticket did combined, which I would think puts her in a pretty uh, good position to win come April 4th. Hopefully. I would hope so, yeah. Hopefully. It it just means generally that more liberals turned out to vote in this primary than did conservatives. And if they can maintain that heat going into April... Uh, seems like you might get uh, the Supreme Court on your side, which is very important, uh, so not only for as, abortion rights, As we've of course, covered
0: nationally, <laughs> very important.
1: But because from what I've seen, the Wisconsin state map with the districts yeah. is torn to shreds. It's really bad.
0: Oh, really? really and especially really with bad. a bad decision coming from Morphe Harper soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, just anticipating a bad one.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to just need to go state by state and make sure we can, you know, hold democracy together. Yeah, those
0: decisions come out soon, don't they? Probably. Like in the next
1: couple months, yeah uh is it springtime yeah it's springtime because it? that's oh, what we shit. were covering
0: we were covering the abortion league uh-huh. we were covering a bunch of other decisions we had like i feel like it was like eight weeks where we there were like three months where we just talked about the supreme court non-stop like yeah. there was some update in the news
1: yeah i guess we're gonna get back to that that's Love another that. thing to prepare yourself for people uh we got some scotus we're, we're gonna be reading opinions on the show
0: yeah, word yeah, for word. Again,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Sam Alito, Clarence Thomas. They're all coming back. I,
0: I hope you enjoyed that arc because <laughs> boy is it coming back with the vengeance. All
1: your favorite. Yeah, we had the Scotus arc, and then into the election season yep. arc, and uh now we're coming out of it, and we're going, we're going right back into Scotus again. Oh, it's so good. I hope you're all are ready so for that. So good. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. I think that
0: does. And make sure to, uh, before we read off the patrons, just make sure to tune in next week when we talk about uh, why women shouldn't wear makeup in the workplace, Uh uh, the decline of Western civilization, Mm. and uh, most importantly, why country music got better post 9-11.
1: I wonder who Kanye would blame that on. (laughs) (laughs) Probably nothing that you guys should listen to, nor us. Bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway i think it's time to uh give a special thanks to our our loyal Loa patrons that make all this possible. Awesome. you want
0: me to take the first half you can i,
1: get I think i half. think the list is getting long enough <laughs> all right get
0: after it, get I, after I, it. I, I. special thanks to uh cricket scrapbook layouts Nikki nine lives Caden kraut lord t chris the postman christy beck talia katz 40 Percent spite andrew harris mike chaplinsky Mattias t omar zuno clayton LaFed, mark yeager sarah mcroberts dylan b Kaz, Caleb Joy, Jim Bobbs, Carl D, Rich Torrell, Tari, Gavin Meyer, Maldonado, mm-hmm. Hunter W, Fergalaki, Max Vasquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Ted Cruz's Boy Toy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Red, Joe Stenstrom,
1: Austin Reed, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601. And you want to take her from there? Colleen Cutts, <laughs> Timothy Espinosa, Gregory Isn't My Name, Vera Yook, uh, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Eliza, Crawfish and Bennet Bennington Third, Alex. Benanti, Nick, Big Booty Beatdown, Moises T, Sam Maloney, two-headed uh, Two-Headed Boy, Jeremy Cadret, Ben Shapiro's Boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis Luke O'Shea, Daniel Jackson The Word of Microsoft, not sponsored of course Yeah. And my mom, thank you all for supporting the show on Patreon We literally couldn't do it without you, we of wouldn't course. be where we are Without you, we
0: wouldn't We wouldn't fucking Catapult into fame if it wasn't For <laughs> you,
1: I hope you all Through whatever device <laughs> you're listening on Can feel my warm embrace, exactly <laughs> As yeah. I thank you for supporting the show
0: My warm embrace, the, the <sighs> Breath, not the <sighs> breath, you exactly. know what I'm saying Exactly,
1: uh, we'll catch you all next week,
0: have a good Good one.